Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Five Fragen, or Five Questions, as we would say in English. This is our podcast featuring the people of the Netherlands' diplomatic network here in the U.S. We're talking with the diplomats and policy officers about the strong bonds between the United States and the Netherlands, as well as our diplomatic work in the United States. We focus on our cultural and economic ties that go back more than 400 years. And we talk about the collaborations between our two countries that make our relationship a partnership that works. I'm Jeff Alanak from the Embassy's Communications Office, and I'm here for the second and final time with Ambassador Andre Hospels. Thank you for joining me again, Ambassador. You're welcome, Jeff. Always great to talk to you. Ambassador, you were my first guest on this podcast back in September, nine months ago. And we thought it would be nice to end our first season with another five questions for you for a couple of reasons. First, well, you're the ambassador, the top diplomat for the Netherlands here in the States, so your words carry some weight. Secondly, you're in the final weeks of your term, so we thought it would be a good idea to reflect on your four years here in the United States. So let me ask you, how will you remember your tenure as ambassador here? Well, as you say, the four years started in August 2019 till August 2023. Those were years, I would say, characterized by the pandemic. Started in March, February, March 2020. And then roughly a two years COVID period. And then I would say a period in which the restrictions were lifted and where we, would, where we could go back to normal as far as possible. So I would characterize it as four turbulent years with a big cut in a way uh, when the pandemic started. And before that and after that, you saw a, a number of, of, of visitors booming because, especially after the pandemic, because, of course, we couldn't travel during the pandemic. So I'm, I'm happy to see that we could go back to normal again. I remember when that started. I remember the meeting here, the pandemic I'm talking about. It was quite a surprise, but I think we, may, we managed well with the conditions under which we had. Nobody could have planned for that. That was very difficult. Yeah, no, it was. I think we all had to improvise. I think the biggest change for us, of course, like for many others, was that we couldn't go back to the office anymore. So we had to work from home. And I think the big change as well was that we were much more talking to each other, uh, also asking ourselves, how are we doing at home? How's the family doing? How's your own welfare? Uh, what about the children who can't go to school? So I think that that changed, I would say, the structure of our embassy as well, in a way that we were much closer to each other, almost as a family. Yeah, yeah. When you see each other every day, sometimes you you take that for granted. You think everything is going Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. So, so what did you appreciate most about your tenure here? Well, I would say, as I already mentioned, the, the visits, certainly the visit of our queen, September last year to California and Texas. Also the visit of our prime minister to the White House, first meeting with President Biden here in Washington, D.C., January this year. Many other cabinet members also came to the, uh, the U.S. to invest in the transatlantic, transatlantic relationship. So the, the meetings, the personal meetings at high level, I enjoyed very much. Uh, plus, of course, a number of events. I think we have had the renovation of the Netherlands Carillon, um, the Freddie Heineken Award for a business that contributes to transatlantic relations in the economic sense, the Anne Frank Award, the Europe, uh, European Open House, all these events, the Tulip Days at my residence, I should certainly not forget them, 
the, those events, I think, were high exposure events for our bilateral relation. And the preparation, the events itself and the follow-up, I think were really stimulating uh, to, 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 for us and for the whole embassy team to work on that. What makes you most proud of your time here? You mentioned a lot of events just now. Does one stand out as the crown jewel? Or is it not even an event? Is it something else that I can't even think of? I would say the way we dealt with the pandemic, as you mentioned, a completely new situation. Nobody knew how to deal with it. And the way we, we invested in our relationship, but also we, we try to continue our work via Zoom, also make the connections with the outside world, with businesses, with politicians. When we met new members of the Dutch caucus on the hill, uh, we would meet them via Zoom. Uh, if we had new uh, visitors coming in uh, who wanted to meet with us, we could do that via Zoom. So in that respect, a different way of working and the fact that we managed to continue our work, I think makes me very proud, combined with the fact that we haven't lost many people, uh, colleagues, in a way that people didn't want to come to the embassy anymore or uh, alienated from the embassy I think we, we remained working as a team with the important lessons learned from the pandemic that you can also work from home. As long as you make good arrangements, then it's perfectly fine to, to work part of your week from home as well. So that, I think, is a huge benefit. As, as somebody who does that, I agree. There's a lot of work that can be done at home, a lot of work that can be done in the office. The flexibility seems to be key. Other than the friends you've made during your time here, what will you miss most about the United States? Ah, that's that's difficult to say. I, I like this country, and I've said in one of my farewell speeches that I almost feel like an American. I like to travel a lot here, and um, uh, your national parks are, are terrific, uh, but also your villages, your big cities, your people. So as a whole, I'll, I'll miss the United States with all its, its, its characteristics. But I'm a hiker. Uh, I've, be, I've become even a, a more... Uh, enthusiastic hiker so I think in my new post in Beijing that will be more difficult so the hiking uh, combined with beauty of, uh, of, of nature I think is something that I will certainly miss did you ever have a chance to hike any part of the Appalachian Trail here yeah I did parts both uh, at the starting point in uh, in Georgia uh, at the end or depends where you want to start yeah, in Maine <laughs> some people start there yeah, some people yeah, start yeah. in Maine I did parts in Maine and parts in between, but just short stretches. So that's what I'll miss. And of course, I'll miss, I'll miss also going to sports matches, especially here in summer, the baseball matches. Although the Nets you know, became winner of the World Series when I arrived here, since then it only went <laughs> downhill, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but still, going to the stadium, the atmosphere, the way people um, interact with each other, it's a family uh, event. Uh, the atmosphere is, is nice. Uh, so that's something I'll miss as well. can always um, come back and, and, and enjoy a ball game. <laughs> yeah. You're heading off to China, which will be a different posting in many ways, not just the politics, but also language, culture, much more. How do you prepare for such a posting? Yeah, well, obviously, I'm not a China expert. If you look at expert, if you look at our embassy, we have local staff who speak Chinese. They can be either Chinese or they can be Dutch, but living in Beijing. And then we have expat staff. And again, some of these expat staff are Chinese experts. They studied the language or the culture. 
or they are non-China <laughs> experts <laughs> like me. Um, so first of all, it means that I'll have to rely on the colleagues who are present, both local and expat staff. They know the way, they know the country, they know the language, so they help me in my first period and hopefully during my my stay there. Secondly, I've been reading a lot about China. I've been talking to experts here, whether it's from government, uh, state, the National Security Service, the business community, the uh, NGOs, the universities. So I, I have quite a good picture, I would say, of how the United States looks at China. I've read a few books. Uh, and of course, uh, in my previous jobs, I've also dealt with China. So I'm, d in that respect, not completely new. But the most important thing, I think, is that no matter where you are posted as a diplomat, the core of your work remains the same. And the core is represent the country that you stand for, the interest, its values. And that is something that you have to do all over the world, uh, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in China, uh, in Africa or in Asia or, Asia or Latin America. It's something that you have to do everywhere. So in that respect, yes, it's a completely different setting, but the job in its core remains the same. Definitely half of it, right? You're Dutch or represent the Netherlands. That doesn't change no matter where you go. No, exactly. Is there something you're looking forward to most culturally from China? Whether it's, I can't even think what it might be. It, some of the local food maybe or music or theater? Well, I think just discover both Beijing as a, a city with uh, uh, almost the same number of inhabitants as, as my country. But I, I would say discovering China and also engaging with uh, the Chinese counterparts to see where we can look together in a quickly changing environment, where we can work together in a quickly changing environment. I think the situation has become more complex. Uh, if you look at our relationships for a number of reasons, I think the pandemic showed that over-reliance makes countries vulnerable. So in certain areas where we are very much dependent on other countries, whether it's China or, or other countries, we want to reduce that risk of dependency. But at the same time, we're also looking for ways to strengthen our cooperation. And if I look at China, I think of areas like energy uh, transition, like climate change, like food security, agriculture, water, Dutch design. So there are many areas where we can work together. So working together with the Chinese where we can, combined with uh, discovering, I would say, the country, its culture, its people, its nature as well, because I understand that also there you can make beautiful hikes, for instance, along parts of the, uh, of the Great Wall, is certainly something I'm looking forward to. What piece of advice do you have for young diplomats aspiring to work for the Netherlands in the United States? Well, I would see, I, I wouldn't focus it just to the United States. I would first of all say for young diplomats, always if you want to go abroad, uh, realize that you don't often go abroad by yourself, although some, some colleagues do, which is perfectly fine. But quite often you go with a partner, sometimes you go with a family. Uh, so realize that going abroad is a way of, of, of living, is a way of life that doesn't only affect you. And even if you go alone, you leave family and friends behind in the Netherlands or somewhere else in the world. So that means that you have to be aware of the fact that working and living abroad has a, a consequence for your social life as well. That's, that's one thing. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, but you have to be aware of that. 
when it comes to working in the United States, I think the United States is a great country to work in. Uh, because of the language, because of the many things we have in common, because of the strong relationship between the Netherlands and the United States in many different areas, uh, and because of uh, there is so much knowledge available also here in Washington D.C. If you look at the think tanks, the universities, the experts, the quality of the dialogue, uh, I, I mean, in that respect, it's very rewarding uh, to be in an environment where a lot of things are happening where you have a lot of access and where you can really become inspired by the many different angles. For instance, if you look at uh, subjects like uh, China or security or the economy and the experts you can meet to discuss these subjects. I have a, a few bonus questions for you. Last time I asked about Baloo and his Instagram account and Mufasa and Simba. So going a little bit different this time, sort of a this or that. Stroopwafels or chocolate chip cookies? Stroopwafels. Bitterballen or buffalo wings? Ha! I would choose for bitterballen, but Bernie, my wife, would go for buffalo wings together with the uh, blue cheese. Snurt or Maryland crab soup? Oh, I. <laughs> that's a difficult one. Snurt or 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 or, or uh, Maryland crab soup? Yeah, or pe- I mean, uh, pea soup or or, or or crab soup. I mean. Snurt you eat in the Netherlands when it's cold. And I have a good memory that uh, we always, when we were in the Netherlands, used to dive in the North Sea as a kind of tradition on the 1st of January. And then afterwards, afterwards they would serve snert. So in that respect, I like snert because I have fond memories of that. On the other hand, I like crab soup as well. So I would make it a draw here. Snert for the memories and crab soup for the taste. Yes, Sounds exactly. Like <laughs> That's a good compromise, <laughs> Jeff. Thank you. Zandefort? Or Miami Beach? Sanford, I think, because I went there with my parents when I was young. Um, And I think Miami Beach, the weather is always nice. Sanford, you can have four seasons. You can either walk in winter or go there on a a nice spring day and have a great summer day as well. So I would go for for Sanford. Sounds like memories uh, edge that out as well. Absolutely. F-tailing or Disney World? Ha! I've been there quite often with with all our four kids together with Bernie. I would go for Disney World because we've visited Disney World both here and in um, in Paris. And um, I, I, I I again memories. I I'm we we even had a five day <laughs> holiday there um, at Disney World at Disney World with a cabin just outside Disney World. Um, I, I, I would go for Disney World Europe, oh, also okay. because we've been there more often than in Disneyland United States. Okay. Velova or Yosemite? I would go for Yosemite. Yosemite. Um, although I must say I've been, of course, both in the Hoge Park Veluwe as well as Yosemite a number of times. A couple of weeks ago, I visited Yosemite, I think just in a good period because... Mm, there was still snow in the mountains, a lot of water and the waterfalls and the misty trail and the rivers, uh, but it was not that busy yet. But I've already seen the signs along the road uh, saying one and a half hour waiting time, uh, one hour waiting time. So you don't want to be there in in the peak season in Yosemite. But I uh, happened to be there 
in, in a relatively quiet period. And if you are lucky enough to enjoy nature um, with not too many people, I think Yosemite, its hikes, are, are, are beautiful. So I'd go for Yosemite. Tour de France or Daytona 500? Ah, Tour de France, I think. Uh, mainly... Didn't, didn't even have to think no, about no, that No, no, I didn't one. have to think about it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, both, you know, you have to have skills, of course, to, to participate in those races. But as, a, as a, an enthusiastic biker, a cyclist, I would certainly go for the Tour de France. Not only because of what those cyclists do, but also because of the beautiful nature there. Sometimes you see them struggling in the mountains high up or they go down from the mountains that fast. So the combination of the sports and nature, I think, makes for me Tour de France uh, a, a very special event. Good reason. Priority for cyclists or right turn on red? <laughs> I like both. I think both should be, <laughs> both should be, uh, should be uh, there. Uh, but... If I had to choose, I would go for priority for cyclists. I think it's a mindset for all users of the road that those who are most vulnerable should always have priority. So whether you are crossing um, as a pedestrian, whether you're crossing a road uh, or whether you are on a, on a bike, I think those who are in a car should take into account the, the fact that you are more vulnerable and should therefore be very careful. Uh, so I would, uh, I would go for the... Um, the priority for bikers, for cyclists, but I like the rule that if there's really nothing on the road, you can turn right even if there's a red light. The final one. This is going to be the tough one. Ajax or Washington Nationals? No, the, wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, when you first arrived yeah, here, the yeah. Nationals won the World Series. So. That's true. <laughs> I find it dif- difficult. I think um, Ajax have... Is, is, is there since my very you know, young age, so you always remain a supporter. Um, I realize, so even where any, anywhere I go in the world, I would be a supporter of, of Ajax. Here, I, I became a supporter because I live in Washington. If I would have you know, been stationed in Baltimore, I might have been a supporter of the Orioles. Uh, or when I was, if I would have been at, at RCG in Atlanta, I would have been a supporter of the Braves. So I would say, again, because it goes back to my youth, uh, I, I, would, I would go for Ajax. But of course, I, I wish the Nets all the best in their, uh, in their baseball season. Understandable. Memories usually do win out when it comes to these sorts of things. <laughs> Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you again, Ambassador, for joining me again for another episode of Five Frachen. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please tell us what you think in the comments below. And be sure to click on the subscribe button and turn on notifications so you don't miss our next episode or the other videos we post on our YouTube channel. I'll be back behind the microphone in the fall with another member of the Dutch Diplomatic Network in the United States. Until then, you can keep up with our work on any of our social media channels. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Just search for NL in the USA, and you can stay up to date on how the United States and the Netherlands have a partnership that works. <laughs>